Right now on the huddle with us, we have Trish Sherson, Sherson Willis PR, Mike Munro, who's worked for both Helen Clark and Jacinda Ardern. Hello, you guys. Hello. G'day, Heather. Trish, are you stressing out about the um, the incoming up the new government repealing the smoking laws? <laughs> well, I do think for the government, it has been a little bit of a known goal in this first announcement because it's what everyone has pounced on. Mm. Um, when you pick it apart, you can you can understand some of their justifications for it, uh, and it's no surprise to a lot of us that there were some holes in the in the legislation. You'd get some unintended consequences. Personally, though, I am amazed that we still sell tobacco products, given what we know about the fact that they do kill people. And if you think about the mountain of regulation on uh, other manufacturers and the way products are instantly recalled, if there's anything wrong with them, it just seems amazing to me that, um, you know, that they can still be sold. What do you think, Mike? Are you stressing out about this? Yeah, I I think it's disgraceful. I really do. I I can't believe that this is the first health... And I stick that word in inverted commas. This is the first health measure to be announced. Yeah. And essentially, it is granting a pardon to tobacco companies, as Ash says. You know, here's, here's Christopher Luxon, a, a clean living family man, giving a boost to products, killing about, I don't know, what, 5,000 New Zealanders a year? I just think it's a shocking look for a first up measure for the government. And I think they've bought themselves an almighty scrap with the, um, with the health lobby. And uh, we haven't heard the end of it. What about, Trish, I see that already they're copying it for the switching of the names, uh, government department names, from Tero being first to it being second and English being first. What do you make of that? <laughs> well, again, there's a point behind it. But if, as you and I have discussed, um, the one thing that I do think this government has to be very careful about is the legacy that they leave around uh, this type of thing and to be really clear around the intent behind it. So uh, on face value, you could go, well, look, we're a multicultural society now. A lot of people might not understand when you say waka kotahi on its own, what what that is. Uh, But there is another uh, element to what's behind this that I think we have to be very careful about. Seems to me that the um, the incoming with well, the new government is copying it basically for for Winston Peters stuff at the moment, isn't that what's happening, Mike? Because these are both two Winston Peters policies. Yeah, well, it is a bit actually because you know the deal announced last Friday was largely you know faithful to the key things that National campaigned mm. on, but of course all the headlines are going to the sort of silly nonsense on the on the margins. It, it appears the that sort of rolled over and allowed this treaty principles bill you know going to a select committee. Uh, the smoke-free laws that we just talked about. But there's other stuff too, like, you know, reinvestigating the, the o- reopening of Marsden Point Refinery. New Zealand when, First when Policy. Years, when, exactly, a New Zealand First Policy. Three years of investigation into that showed it was no longer viable. Yeah. But Winston wants it, so Winston gets it. So they're sort of, you know, crapping in their own nest to a certain extent by allowing some of this stuff to go ahead. Let's take a quick break on that, actually, because I want to talk about that a little bit more, but we'll come back uh, come back to it Right, you're back with the huddle, Trish Hurst and Mike Munro. Right, so if you accept, Trish, what I was just saying before, which is that there's a whole bunch of culture war stuff from New Zealand first that they're being lobbed with, and, and even ACT right now, and a whole bunch of kooky ideas that they're having to deal with. Next up, they're going to have to deal with, this is the National Party, going to have to bat back the stuff on, on the transgender policy that New Zealand first has written in there. Is it better for them to just get all of this stuff out of the way now and then move on? 
well, than he, drag it out through the three years. Yeah, and and he, here's what is great that this time around we've actually got to see those coalition agreements mm. because that, remember that was a promise that National and Act made, and in 2017 we didn't ever get to see what was actually yeah. signed off. So yes, I think as usual the heat and light in the first instance has gone around what what is. You know, as you say, it's some of the silly culture wars stuff from New Zealand first. I'm not into it. Overall, I think when you look at the agreements as a whole and you look at what uh, Chris Luxon and his key ministers have said about the way forward, yep. uh, I would characterise it as a major change in terms of um, the focus of this government and uh, you could characterise it, I think, as sort of well-being out and common sense in. I think that's the message that they're sending. Uh, they have now got to have momentum as as their friend. Uh, and so if you look at their first 100-day plan, it's getting... Uh, all of those things like the RMA and FPAs and um, and some of the other key uh, reforms from Labour, they'll be all chucked out before um, Christmas to set the scene for a go forward in the new year. Yeah. Um, Mike, we spoke on Friday about how, how you and you were saying you thought Winston had done quite well in the agreement. Do you agree that mm. as, as we've settled in and had a little bit of a look, Nationals actually done not too badly themselves. They've held on to Attorney General, Agriculture, Education. They've managed to put Chris Bishop and Nicola Willis in places where they'll keep an eye on David Seymour and Shane Jones. Yeah, well, I, I don't disagree with that. As I said a moment ago, that they have been faithful to, to the, you know, the big ticket stuff they talked about on the campaign trail, you know, around tax cuts, uh, expenditure reduction targets, getting rid of the RMA. Um, all those things are in there, um, you know. But but I think I think in rolling over to Winston in particular, they've just taken some of the gloss off that, and they've distracted attention from from the fact that they were quite faithful. To what they said they'd do, yeah. Um, and and so, so, so that's the risk now that that, that the conversation that they want the conversation to be about the first hundred days and the big ticket items, but unfortunately, a lot of the chatter and noise uh, is coming around the stuff that Winston managed to achieve. Yeah, yeah, that's a fair point. Hey, listen, I know Dean Kempton says that wasn't a threat to the cyclists, Trish, but was that a threat to the cyclists? <laughs> well, it did. L- lose it or use it, it did sound like the message. Um, right? <laughs> definitely the message from me. And in fact, um, there's someone very close to me, and I won't name names, but every time that person comes to my house, they they immediately come in and huff loudly that there's not one cyclist on the cycle lane, despite the years of disruption to the local um, oh, shops having put it in. Is this person someone you're married to? <laughs> no, no, absolutely not. Is it just a drinking no, friend? No, it is absolutely not. Is it somebody with a profile? <laughs> no, no, it's not. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a very close relative of mine. Let me just okay. say that. But someone who wouldn't also probably never use the cycleway themselves. Oh yes, but it's always yes. It's this is, a, but this it is true, Mike. It, honestly, I live, I live. It, there is a cycleway in front of my house, and I love a cycle. I go out with the little one and there's a little, there's a little baby seat, yep. which is so cute. But I look out there every day and I think, I don't think there are enough cyclists on the cycleway. Is it the same in Auckland? Is the same in Wellington as it is in Auckland? It's not so bad at the peak hours. Uh, I, I bike most days as well. And around, you know, sort of 8, 8.30, 9 in the morning, they're, they're busy and certainly in the evenings. But, yeah, they are fairly quiet during the day. Uh, so I think that's because Wellington, you know, people are using them to commute to work, obviously, and commute home again. Um, I think the point that the you know, interview made before that, you know, some people don't feel safe is true. And I've heard mm. that. I've got some anecdotal evidence of that. And the other question is bike security is a bit of an issue too in some areas, especially in Wellington. Bike thefts are very high. 
And some people feel like there's not enough safe spaces to sort of bolt your bike to. So, yeah. uh, so, so there are issues there. Plus, we've got the weather issue too, but we won't go into that in too much detail. Yeah, well, I mean, that's your choice for living in Wellington, and we can't help you with that. Guys, thank you so much. Appreciate it. Trish Sherson, Sherson Willis PR, and Mike Munro, who work for both Helen Clark and Jacinda Ardern, eight away from six. For more from Heather Duplessis Allen Drive, listen live to News Talk ZB from 4 p.m. weekdays or follow the podcast on iHeartRadio.